And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a terrifying tale on Suspense, starring Robert Taylor from 1946. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Halloween songs... And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Jeff and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa, or no? You're close. Close. Uh, We got the name that tune Close only works in uh, hand grenades and horseshoes. Yeah, you're so close, but maybe Jeff can help you out. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hi there. How you doing? doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good to hear from you. Maybe you can uh, set him straight. Are we going to be listening to Halloween songs? I don't know. Are we, Jeff? He said wedding song. That or is correct. Song. Oh, that's right. We did say wedding song. Well, but... you know, here's the thing, Jeff. I don't really listen to Lisa when See, she's that's, talking. See, that's the bottom line. Because I have so many buttons <laughs> over here. That's why. Jeff, sure. if you saw how many buttons that I have to hit. But, you know, fortunately for you, Mike is in charge of all the buttons. So that's true. You, all you have I use to do it is, as an excuse. is listen. <laughs> I'm bad at listening. <laughs> I know Jeff. you are. Oh You're a good gosh. talker, a bad listener. I can tell Jeff's going to be really good at this game, though. <laughs> I just can, uh, I can no, just you usually always beat me on the true false. So uh, I forget. All right, well, let's change yeah. that. All right, let's change wedding that. songs. Popular wedding songs. I right. guarantee you know all of these songs. Are we shouting it out? You're shouting it out. I'm going to play a clip from these songs, and as soon as you know the title okay. of the song, shout it out. Here's your first song. Someday, the way I feel tonight. The moon. Carl, you were really close. I'm going to take it. The way I feel tonight. It's close. It's the way you look tonight. But I'm going to take that. All right. So the most popular. I got that one. I'm going to give that to you. The most popular version is what we're listening to right now. Frank Sinatra. He said, "Fly me to the moon." Right. That's not it. But got a little Frank Sinatra in there. 1964. It's from to the moon, Alice. To the moon. To the moon. Are you going to let me finish? It's from the film Swing Time, performed by Fred Astaire, won the Academy Award. Oh yeah. Original song. But that's Frank. But this is Frank. There's nobody like Frank, That's man. That's right. There is nothing for me. Who sings better, Jeff, me or Frank Sinatra? I, I'd go with you, Carl, Thanks, no doubt. Buddy. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew I loved this guy. Yeah. I love Jeff. Yeah, we're all going to have to agree with you, Carl. Nobody right. can fight with you, Carl. All right. <laughs> You're a bad fighter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right here's the one. next song. Okay. The thrill is gone. No. Baby. Come on, who's singing? Good way to start. Um. <laughs> Carl, get it on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on by let's Marvin Gaye, released in 1973. Ooh, let's get it on. Good song. 
Jeff, come on, Jeff. I am two up on you here. I'm waiting. I'm waiting until we get to the late seventies, early eighties. Ah, okay. Um, Let's get it on. All right, all right. We're getting there. Here's the next song. All right. Here's the next song. When the night is young. And the stand by me. Yes, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. You got it. Originally performed in '61 by Benny King, featured on the soundtrack of what uh, film? Stand by me. There you go. 1986. That's for Carl. All right, Jeff has one. Carl has two. All right, two. here we go. Here's the next one. All right. Right, brother. Yes. You know it. I told you, they're going to know all of Your these. This is Unchained Melody. Yes. Unchained Melody. Ha! That is right. Ho, ho, ho. Man, I so, might be, be running. Jeff, I might be running up and down the hallway pretty soon oh, here. You no, better not. Jeff, help me out with three. that. I have three. So this is The Righteous Brothers, 1965. It was written as the theme for the film Unchained in 1965. Yeah, Unchained Melody. Nice. Ooh. That was tough. Time. Do no. Do I yeah, get Ghost. That's right. Yes. It's from that's Ghost. That's right. Yeah, Jeff. I'll give you half a point for that. <laughs> they use that song. They do. It's a great scene. That way, if you tie, you win. That means you win if you tie because he's got an extra half a point. Um, it's kind of up to me, but I'll give it to you. All right. Here. <laughs> always got to be in control, you know. Here we go. You know, Here's Jeff? the next song. Gosh. Somebody's got to do it. Tonight. Yes. All right. Jeff. Wonderful tonight, written by Eric Clapton on his Woo. 1977 album Slow Hand. Wow. I think Good it's song. Is it two to three? Do you have two, Jeff, or three? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taking that half. This is a great song. I know. These are all great songs. What are you talking about? Do I look all right? And I said yes. You look wonderful tonight. Who's better? Oh, you. Okay, thank, thank you. Yeah. Jeff already told you. All right, here You're we go. One continuing more. Continuing to need validation. One? How many more? I sure do. How many more? Here's the last one. Uh oh. Let's Uh-oh, go. Jeff. Here we go. Oh, yeah, baby. Sign, sealed, delivered? Yes. What is it? Sign, sealed, delivered. Jeff. Stevie Wonder. 1970. Go, Jeff. You know Three what? and a half. Guess what? He Jeff. beat the host. <laughs> Jeff! Ben, yeah. Oh, Jeff. Where's the clapping sound? Yeah, well, here's for here's for Jeff. There we go. Let me let me let me tell you, Jeff. Let me tell you what happened by you winning. I didn't get my my steps in now. <laughs> <laughs> but it will make for a much better evening for me, Jeff. So thank you. Wow, Jeff's a great player. <laughs> Way to go, buddy! You came up from behind and kicked my butt. Great job, B U T T. I'm going to send you some fun CDs, okay? All right. Thanks. I appreciate right, it. Thanks a, a lot good night. You in. too, Jeff. Take care. When we come back, the most terrifying episode of Suspense in the entire 22-year run. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Don't forget, help us save Bold Venture, the radio show. Go to our Kickstarter and please pledge. Help us get these shows transferred to uh, digital format. They are on 16-inch transcription discs. Licensed the entire Bold Venture library, 78 episodes, including 18 missing episodes. And we want to not only air them... But you'll get pristine quality copies if you pledge. You will get um, as many as the entire 78 episodes on CD or via digital download. Go to our Kickstarter website. Just uh, search Bold Venture Kickstarter. Bold Venture Kickstarter. There's a lot of information there. There's some great videos. There's some audio. You can hear the quality of what these Bold Venture shows sound like directly from unplayed 16-inch discs. These are from Frederick Ziv's personal library. And um, our listeners have been so generous helping us get to a to a, uh, a funding amount that would allow us to make the 76 transfers. So go to Bold Venture Kickstarter. Just search Bold Venture Kickstarter. It'll take you right to our, our page. All right. Um, you're going to hear what I promise you is the most terrifying episode of suspense you've ever heard. It's called The House in Sip... Don't do it again. Ready, Lisa? (laughs) I'm ready. Take two. Are you ready? The House in Cypress Canyon. The House in Cypress Canyon. And this stars Robert Taylor. You'll also hear Howard Duff in this episode and Jim Backus. Mm. You know, Thurston Howell III? Of course. He's in this episode. December 5th, 1946. I'm telling you, supernatural, scary. There's werewolves in here. Oh, man, you're going to love it. The house in Cypress Canyon. Here's part one of Suspense. And now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines present Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Robert Taylor in the house in Cypress Canyon, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those better-tasting California wines enjoyed by more Americans than any other wine. For friendly entertaining, for delightful dining. Yes, right now, a glassful would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you Robert Taylor, star of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Undercurrent, in a remarkable tale of... Suspense. 
Merry Christmas, Jerry. How's the real estate business? Oh, kind of early with your greeting, aren't you, Sam? Well, I got to get them in sometime. I may not see you again until next Christmas. If this real estate racket gets any crazy, I'll be dead by next Christmas. <laughs> I'm glad you could get up here, though, Sam. What's on your mind, Jerry? Uh, you, you'll probably shoot me when you hear it, Sam, because I'm probably nuts. But, but doggone it, you're a detective and you're my pal, and I just had to tell somebody. Well, you sound like it's serious. That's just it. I, I don't know what it is, Sam, but... Now, listen, you, you know we're agents for a group of houses up in Cypress Canyon. Mm -hmm. Those places that were started before the war never got finished. Oh, yeah. All they got in were the foundations, just mm -hmm. concrete and a couple of beams. Well, they've been finished now. In fact, I'm putting up the for rent on the last of them today. What do you want? Police protection from the mob? <laughs> listen, Sam, this house that I'm talking about, it's got a number now, uh, 2256. But before, when the men went back to work on it about three months ago... Well, they just started when the foreman on the job brought me a shoebox that he'd found up on a beam. And this box had a, a what do you call it, a, a manuscript in it, a story, kind of, all written out. Yeah. Well, he gave me the thing. I read it. I didn't think much about it. I put it in my desk. But the other day, when I happened to drive by there, I saw the number on the house and what the house looked like. I thought of this manuscript. And, well, I don't like it, that's all. There's something funny about it. Well, what's funny about it? Well, it... Mind you, this thing was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. House that was only just started building. All it's, right. Uh, well, listen, Sam, I want to read it to you if you got the time, and you'll see what I mean. All right, shoot. <clears throat> well, here's how it begins. Uh, to whom it may concern, my reasons for setting down on paper what follows here will be abundantly clear. What follows here will be abundantly clear to anyone into whose possession it may fall. First, let me say that I'm a very ordinary person. My name is James A. Woods. I'm 35 years old. By profession, a chemical engineer. My wife, Ellen, was a schoolteacher when I met and married her in Indiana seven years ago. There's nothing in the past life of either one of us to suggest remotely any cause or reason for the dreadful thing that has invaded our lives. Our married life has been in no way different from that of millions of other average, reasonably happy, and congenial families. Three months ago... I was ordered by my firm to take charge of a rather minor project in Los Angeles, uh, Hollywood to be exact. The order was a sudden one. There'd been no time to secure accommodations, and conditions being what they are, the inevitable result was that until day before yesterday, we'd been living in the cramped quarters of one of those characteristic California motels. Needless to say, most of our spare time had been devoted to a search for something more permanent and comfortable, but... The fruits of these efforts had been, financially and in every other way, a geometrical progression of discouragement. Until last Saturday afternoon, only four days before Christmas. We were driving into town on our way to a movie when Ellen saw it. Jim, look. What? That sign in front of that real estate office. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Don't you see what it says? For rent, furnished, two-bedroom house, close in, immediate occupancy. Yeah, uh-huh. Aren't you going to stop? Oh, Ellen, you know a sign like that. It mean right out in plain sight in front of a real estate office. Oh, yeah, but Jim... Either they want $600 a month... We'll that... never know until we ask. Well, if it's any good at all, there are probably 50 people fighting for it right back there now. Well, honey, there's no harm in trying. Now, is there? You really want to go back? Oh, it's probably foolish, but what can we lose? Okay. Oh, darling, come on, cheer up. How do you know? Maybe our luck's changed. Maybe fate's going to give us a nice new house for a Christmas present. Come in. Oh, uh, we're 
sure sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see that for rent sign outside. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I hung it outside just this minute. Is... is the house available? Why, sure, sure it is. Uh, let me introduce myself. My name is James A. Woods, and this is my wife, Ellen. How to do? Wow. Looks like it's fixing to rain. Yes, so it does, doesn't it? Well, it was one of those things. The real estate agent had just been authorized to rent the place by mail that morning, and he'd hardly had time to look at it himself and put up his sign when we drove up. It was just an ordinary little California house about halfway up Cypress Canyon, number 2256. Just an ordinary, undistinguished little house. The agent didn't know much about it. Construction on it had been stopped by the war, and it had just been completed and furnished lately. Been vacant while somebody's estate was being settled, and... Now it was owned by a bank in Sacramento. Of course, we didn't. We didn't got care this about key in the mail along with the authorization to rent. Only one there is. Of course, you can have duplicates made. Yeah, seems to stick a little. Oh, no, there it is. Uh. Doesn't sound as though that door had ever been opened. Well, a little oil on the hinges will fix that all right. Oh, sure. Now, now here's your living room. Furniture's a little dusty, of course. You've got to expect that. It's good furniture, though, you see? Benson Brothers. Yes, uh-huh. Now, over here's a little den. Panel, you see? Radio, fireplace. Really a very attractive little room, particularly for a man. Uh-huh, yep. Now, the, the bedroom's off the living room here. Everything's all on one floor, you understand? Uh-huh. It's uh, quite nice, I think. Yes, uh-huh. You can see you get the morning sun here. There's a view of the canyon through these front windows. You got cross ventilation. That's about all there was to it. It wasn't the best place in the world. It was small and badly built, but what would you have done? We took it with as little inspection as that. It was the Saturday before Christmas. And the very same evening, we were struggling up the steps from the road with suitcases and boxes and armloads of clothes and... All the endless bric-a-brac that people collect and never know they have until they move. Ellen began unpacking, and I began moving things around and taking the worst of the pictures off the wall, doing all the little things that everybody does when they move into a new place and try to give it something of their own Don't personality. Don't be such a sourpuss. You know, it's a roof over our heads for Christmas. That's more than we ever thought we'd get, isn't it? Now, what in the world are we going to do with those two pictures? Well, why don't we just leave them where they are? Jim, we can't. They're too awful. Well, all right, put them in the closet, then. I can't. Both the closets are jammed full. No, I mean the other one in the little alcove off the den. At least there's a door there. I suppose it's a closet. Yeah. I don't know. That isn't a commentary on the housing problem, huh? A woman moving into a house without even knowing where all the closets are. Take the pictures down, will you, honey? Bring them in here. Okay, okay. Oh, I guess you'll have to help me with this door. I can't get it open. Let me see it. Well, of course you can't, silly. It's locked. Where are those keys we found on the desk? Mm. Here they are. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not this one. Sure, this one won't work. Nope. Feels like an awful solid door for a closet. Oh, and that's one solid door in the house. Nope, this one won't do it either. Well, we'll just have to get a locksmith up here on Monday. I'll put the pictures behind the desk, okay? Yeah, yeah, all right. Jim, if you could just help me move this armchair, huh? Oh, Ellen, will you let it go until tomorrow? You know what time it is? Oh, but, honey, I'd like to get the place looking just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but it's bit... almost midnight. In fact, it's, it's exactly... What was that? <laughs> Tomcat, I guess, out in the brush somewhere. Sounded near. <laughs> oh, 
Hope that doesn't go on all night. Well, there's much we can do about it. Come on, Ellen. I'm dead tired. All right, Jim. All right. Where'd you put the toothpaste, honey? It's right in the medicine cabinet. Oh, yeah. Jim, we ought to get some firewood tomorrow. You know, a fire in that living room would make all the difference make in the world. Camp Sunday. Well, Monday then. Jim, I think red curtains are what we need, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, just at least for the living room. Anyway, the ones in there now have just got to come down. Yeah, I suppose they do. What do you think of red? Well, I guess it's all... Jim. That's some tomcat. Jim, it, it sounded in the house. Oh, now, how could it be in the house, Ellen? We've been over every inch of the house. Except that closet. Now, how could a cat or anything else be in the closet that's been locked up for over a year? I don't know. It's... Yeah, it's probably under the house. A wildcat or mountain lion or something. I hear they have them in California. Jim, I don't like well, it. Well, neither do I like it, but there's nothing we can do about it tonight. Well, maybe we ought to call somebody, the police or oh, some neighbor. Oh, don't neighbors. be silly, Ellen. You act like a kid. Come on, let's go to bed, huh? Well, all right. I suppose it is silly. Jimmy, did you lock the door? Yeah, yeah. Can I turn out the lights now? Yeah. All right. Good night, Ellen. Sleep tight. Good night, Jim. I don't know what time it was, perhaps an hour, perhaps only a half hour later. My mind was in that hazy borderland between sleep and a dream that's still part of consciousness. <coughs> then I was awake. <coughs> Ellen, are you all right? Yes. Did you have a nightmare or something? No. I heard it too. Well, that didn't sound like any cat. Put on the light. Yeah. It, it seemed to be... Out there, Jim, in the house somewhere. I'm going to look into this. Jim, you be careful. Come on. Where's, where's my shotgun? In the den, I think. Jim. What? There. There's something wet. What? Wet? Running from under the closet door. Sticky. Uh, Ellen, don't. Don't touch it. I had to. Jim, it's blood. I'll tell you, doesn't an orchestra add so oh, much? Sure. Right? Because it's throughout it just, the whole. It's building. There's like the tension, right? Sure. The music, it's like, ah, oh, this is a great episode. It the sure House is. in Cypress Canyon, starring Robert Taylor. And that's Kathy Lewis as the wife there. And you heard Hans Conried and Howard Duff. They pulled out all the stops for this. More of suspense after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co 
co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know, suspense was on the air a long, long time, Lisa, 20, 20 plus years. And they had a lot of, uh, you know, s- scary shows, you know, mystery, even some detective, even some, like, once in a while, a Western or a comedy or even a sci fi. Not too often did they have, like, pure horror stories. That was really left for, like, Lights Out and Inner Sanctum. But this is a horror story, and uh, it's done very well with the full orchestra, great actors. They really went all out for this episode. It was written by Robert L. Richards, a very good writer from the Golden Age. Paul Fries is in this show. Obviously, Robert Taylor is the star. Wally Mayer, Howard Duff, Hans Conried, Kathy Lewis, Jim Backus. Joseph Kearns doing the announcing for your favorite beverage, Roma Wines. And Lisa lugs two, generally two giant um, barrels. A barrel, like a jug. Yeah, mm-hmm. of uh, Roma Wines in here. It takes two jugs of it to get through a whole night with me. Well, I'm here for about six hours. So yeah, really it is a long three time. three hours a jug. So I've yeah. got one jug on the left and one <laughs> jug on the right. <laughs> so you got a jug, one on your left and one on your right? Mm, uh-huh. So I'm like symmetrical really? that way. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good to know that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would be a nice visual for our listeners. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, so she's, yeah, she's uh, working that uh, Roma Wines mm-hmm. all night there. Um, how is it? Pretty good? Yeah. Where do you get it from? Because they don't sell it at Binnie's. No, I order it online. Special. A special yeah. delivery just oh, for me. Very good. It's on automatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's on replenish mode, right? It just replenishes two. Lifetime membership, two, you know. Two jugs, <laughs> two jugs a week to get through uh, the show, right? Do you blame me, Carl? <laughs> but at the end of the night, she's like, hey, what's up? Well, Carl? luckily you drive. That's true. I'm the designated driver every saturday we're listening to the house in cypress canyon the uh, most chilling terrifying story ever broadcast on suspense december 5th 1946 robert taylor starring here's the conclusion to suspense for suspense roma wines are bringing you robert taylor in the house in cypress canyon Roma Wine's presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Robert Taylor as James A. Woods, with Kathy Lewis as his wife, Ellen, in the house in Cypress Canyon, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. not be too difficult to understand from the foregoing why I've taken the pains to set down in writing the events related here. To find in one's newly rented house a closet which cannot be opened is in itself certainly no great cause for alarm. 
but to be awakened in the stillness of the night by unearthly cries within that house. To find oozing from under that closet door something that is unquestionably blood. That's another matter. Perhaps others might have been braver than we. Suffice it only to say that we got out of the house in something very close to a panic and only returned when we had the moral support of two stalwart Los Angeles policemen. You uh, just moved in here, you say? That's right, officer. You can, you can see we're still unpacking. And the place has been empty right along before that? Yeah, I, I don't know much about that part of it. You could check all that with the real estate agent, though. Well, uh, <clears throat> where is this closet? Oh, it's, it's right in here, officer. And, and the blood, the blood is... Where? Where's the blood? Jim? Officer, I, I swear to you, there was blood on the floor less than an hour ago. I, I saw it. Uh-huh. It, it was running out from under that door. We heard that noise, and we got up, and then we saw it. The, the, the door was locked. Locked, huh? Oh, no, I... Well, it seems to be all right now. Hey, uh, you folks aren't trying to be funny, are you? Is, isn't there anything in it? No, ma'am, there is not. Look, officer, we're reputable people. You can call my firm. They'll tell you all about me. There's nothing wrong with this closet. Walls are solid. No trap doors. If you think I'm lying... I didn't say that, mister. Oh, you probably did hear some sort of a noise, and you got a little panicky, and... What, uh... what about the blood? It, it got on my hand. It isn't there now, is it? Yes. Where? I, I feel it. <laughs> now, you folks, just take it easy. You know, you're liable to hear all kinds of noises up in these canyons at night. You're uh, from the east, you say? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, officer. Ah, that's all right. That's all right. If you have any real trouble, call on us any time. All right. Well, good night. Good night. Good night. Hey. <laughs> you ought to have this door fixed. That's enough to scare you. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to have it fixed. <laughs> say much about it after that. There wasn't much that could be said. The next day I went down to a lot and bought a little Christmas tree and some trimmings and we tried to pretend we were cheerful, but there was an uneasiness between us that had never been there before. Ellen seemed tired and listless. Several times during the day I noticed her washing her hands with a, with a brush, scrubbing the one that had touched the blood. That night we each took a sleeping pill and went to bed. Sometime after midnight, when I was suddenly wide awake and staring into the darkness. In some way, I, I knew at once and instinctively what had awakened me. Ellen was not in her bed nor in the room. The nameless thing I feared gripped at my heart until I could scarcely breathe. I opened the bedroom door and started through the house, putting on every light that I could find. There was not much to search, but I searched thoroughly. The, the living room, the kitchen, bathroom, den, even the garage... And all the time, the dread of looking where I knew at last I must look. For I think I knew from the very first time where I'd find her. It must have been a full minute that I stood before that closet door. Then, I opened it. She stood there rigid, her arms at her sides, the fingers extended like claws. Her hair was over her face, her eyes stared out of it. Her lips were drawn back in a grin like an animal at bay. For a moment, I was frozen with the horror of it. I stretched out my hand. Very deliberately, she turned her head and sunk her teeth until they met into the flesh of my forearm. I'd raised my hand to strike at her, but 
Already she'd relaxed her hold and gone utterly limp. She would have fallen unless I'd caught her. I carried her into the bedroom and laid her on the bed. Strangely, at that moment, my only thought was how I might revive her. Until I saw that it was, it was not a faint, but a sleep that she'd fallen into. Sleep as deep and heavy as though she'd been drugged. And so I left her. But for me, that night, there was no sleep. Yes, Ellen? Oh. What are you doing up so early? Oh, I, I got a little restless. I'd make some coffee. Oh. Oh. I had the most wonderful sleep. And I feel so rested. Do you? Mm-hmm. Jim. What? What's the matter with your arm? Oh, I I just heard it. It's, it's terribly swollen. Let me see it. No, it, it's all right, Ellen. Oh, it isn't all right. You've got to see Dr. Wesley right away. Sure, I, I will. No, I now, will. you promised me, Jim, that you'll go the first thing this morning. How'd it happen? Oh, I, uh, th- th- there was a dog. A dog? Yeah, I, I heard him trying to chew through the screen door. I went out to chase him away, and he bit me. Well, you mean there was all that racket, and I didn't even wake up? No, Ellen, you... You didn't even wake up. It was clear to me that Ellen knew nothing of what had transpired the night before. I went to my office that morning and made a pretense of going over routine business, if only to restore my mind to some semblance of calm by the sight and sound of common, familiar things. Pain in my arm had become a persistent, dull throbbing. I made a late appointment with Dr. Wesley... He treated my arm with something of an arched eyebrow, and he said, Well, I've never seen anything quite like it before. That is such a rapid onset of infection. It was dark when I left his office. I hadn't realized it was so late. Driving home, my car seemed seemed sluggish until I saw the needle on the dashboard and realized that I was pushing it to the utmost of its speed. I was racing home to prevent... And something before it was too late, before the darkness had conspired against me. For somehow I already knew with certainty that it was the darkness and the night that I had to fear. The curves of the canyon seemed endless. And then the cold fear leaped up inside me. My house, too, was dark. I went slowly up the stone steps from the road, looking, praying for some sign of light or light. There was none. The house was empty. Ellen was gone. I I looked with the same self-torturing thoroughness and in that closet first of all, knowing as I did so that it was hopeless. And so, alone in that empty house, I waited, powerless and helpless now, deadened in thought and will, empty as the house itself, save only for the overwhelming sense of a terrible foreboding. For some time in the early hours of the morning... I snapped on the radio, shortwave. Why? Surely a minor question now. I only know that I did. And then I heard it. Car 58, car 58, go to Laurel Canyon, the 4,000 block. A report that a man has been injured or attacked. Condition thought to be critical. Ambulance will follow. That is all. 
I was there almost before the police, edging my way through the little crowd, staring down at the man lying there in his white uniform under the streetlight. Yeah, the milkman, poor guy. I heard him scream, but when I got here, just like this, there's All nothing right, on at all. Stand back, stand back. Please, please stand back. Well, you again. I, I heard it on the radio. I, I live just down the road. Yeah, yeah, I remember. What, what happened? Well, take a look. Maybe you can tell us. He was dead. And he was lying on his back. And his throat had been torn out as though by the fangs of some wild animal. It is now Christmas Eve, or rather Christmas morning, for it's a little after midnight. I've been waiting here, here in the stillness of this empty house for nearly 24 hours, waiting for the end. Already once tonight, I've heard that dreadful wailing cry somewhere in the hills. I've nailed up the closet door, but that I, I know was childish and useless. My arm is horribly swollen and turning black, but that's nothing. It's another end that I foresee, as, as surely as other men foresee the rising of the sun. I hear the cry again. It's nearer now. I shall leave these notes in a sealed envelope and put it in a shoebox in the hope that someone will give credence to these dark and terrible events if, indeed, such nameless horrors can ever yield to mortal understanding. As for myself, I feel no longer any fear or even sorrow. Only a desire that the end and the thing that I must do may come soon. And it will be soon, I know. Yes, but there is someone at the door. Someone at the door. Huh? What do you make of it, Sam? <laughs> it's quite a yarn. But what of it? That's what I thought. Now listen, that's not quite all of it. Huh? Clip to it's a newspaper clipping. Listen, Hollywood, December the twenty-sixth. Police reported what was apparently a case of murder and suicide in Cypress Canyon sometime in the early hours of the morning. The victims were James A. Woods, a chemical engineer, and his wife, Ellen. Preliminary investigation indicates that Mrs. Woods was killed by the blast of a shotgun in the hands of her husband, who then turned the weapon upon himself. That she fought desperately for her life, however, was evidenced by the disorder of the room and the severe lacerations inflicted upon her husband about the neck and arms. This is the second tragedy to be reported in Cypress Canyon within 24 hours, the other being the unexplained death of Frank Polanski, a milkman. Well, no such murders or whatever they were ever occurred, if that's what's worrying you. The clipping, well, you have those things printed up, you know. No, no, it's not that, Sam. That story was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. No number, no nothing, just a framework. Uh-huh. Now that house is finished. When I drove by it today... But that's what stopped me, Sam, because it all fits. Now that it's finished, it is the house in the story, the same construction, the same vines and creepers on the lawn, even the same number. So what, a guy who knows roughly what this house is going to be like writes a yarn and loses it or something. Did he know the place was going to be listed for rental today, the Saturday before Christmas? Oh, Jerry, coincidence. Two bits you find the guy next door is a ghost story writer or something, and he's been wondering for a year what happened to that thing he wrote. 
Okay. Okay, coincidence. Well, I, I'm sorry I bothered you, sir. <laughs> Don't be silly. I liked it. It's a good yarn. Uh, that the uh, for rent sign you were talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put it up outside now. Uh-huh. Well, so long, Jerry, and Merry Christmas again. Yeah, well, thanks, Sam. <laughs> I guess I was kind of silly, all right. <laughs> Listen, when a guy named uh, whatever it is, Woods, with a wife named Ellen comes in to rent that place from you, then you can start worrying. <laughs> yeah. Well, so long, Sam. So long, Jerry. Come in. Oh, we're sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see that for rent sign outside. Well, yeah, I hung it out just this minute. Is... is the house available? Oh, sure, sure it is. Let me introduce myself. My name is James A. Woods, and this is my wife, Ellen. How do? Wow. Looks like it's fixing to... Yes, it does, doesn't it? Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, selected for your pleasure from the world's greatest reserves of fine wines. Tonight's show marks the third birthday of Suspense on the Air, and this is Ken Niles asking our star of the evening, Robert Taylor, to help us celebrate. Why didn't you tell me before, Ken? If I'd only known, I'd have baked a cake. Well, Bob, all suspense parties are surprise parties. As an old hand on suspense, uh, you know that in our plays, the tables are usually turned on the star. So tonight, although it's our birthday, we're going to give you a present. Here it is, a gift basket of Grand Estate California wines from Roma, America's greatest vintner, to our distinguished anniversary guest, Robert Taylor. Thanks, Ken. You turn a nice table. And you can set a nice table with Grand Estate Burgundy in your basket, Bob. For Grand Estate Burgundy means rare dining pleasure adds memorable distinction to holiday dinner. Even everyday meals are outstanding in taste when Grand Estate Burgundy is served. Yes, all Grand Estate wines presented by Roma are limited bottlings of outstanding taste excellence. That I know about Grand Estate wines, Ken. But did you know that for Grand Estate wines, Roma selects only the choicest grapes? Then the ancient skill of Roma master vintners, necessary time, and America's finest winemaking resources guide the cuvee of this grape treasure to rich taste luxury. That's why discriminating wine users everywhere look to grand estate wines as the crowning achievement of vintner skill. Reason enough. And now, Ken, who's all set to star on Suspense next Thursday? It's that very wonderful actress and wonderful girl, Miss Susan Peters. Susan will appear as a young lady in straitened circumstances who finds herself mistaken for a very rich young lady and who is forced into continuing the deception with murder as a result. Well, I'll certainly make it a point to listen. And uh, before I go, I'd like to thank this really great company of actors who have played with me tonight, and particularly Kathy Lewis, who played Ellen. Thank you, Bob. Tonight's original suspense play was written by Robert L. Richards. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Miss Susan Peters as star of Suspense. Produced by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. 
This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. What'd you think of that, Lisa Wolf? Uh, that was a pretty scary show. It and, was. And really very exciting at the same time. Yeah, it, had like, it was a supernatural story with werewolves and <laughs> bloody walls and in- screams intrigue. in the night <laughs> and impossible happenings. All kinds of scary stuff, right? Right. And a terrific cast uh, yes. led by Robert Taylor along with Kathy Lewis. She was in a lot of these shows, right? Kathy Lewis... She may have done more radio shows than any other woman during the golden age she of radio. She has a very natural quality about her. She was her. just such a great actress. Yes. The House in Cypress Canyon, December 5th, 1946. A terrifying tale of suspense. All right, uh, time now for This Month in Music History. Well, it wouldn't be This Month in Music History uh, for Halloween-related songs if I didn't include this one. I mean, I had to. In the dark. <laughs> you know what year this came out? Um, I'll say 96. You're not close. Uh, so, of course, this is Thriller by Michael Jackson, released in 1984. 84? album I was way off. 84. Wow. 84? What? 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 Crazy. Wait a second. 84, that, is that 40 years ago? <laughs> is that right? What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It That's is. insane. It's coming 40 up on 40 years. years. That's crazy. What is going on? I remember on? I used to play this. Is it the Twilight this, Zone that we're I used to here? play this, this, this video in the, in the car. Right. For and, my you were, kids. And, and, and you were only, uh, well, like 60 at that no, time I, when you did that. It was back in the 60s when I had, I mean, when I was in my 60s when I had children. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a feat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next hour is going to be a lot of fun. It's a Halloween episode of Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. We're also going to play our our game, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. Right, Lisa? That's right. It's going to be songs about food just for you. You love food. food. I do love food. You know, have you noticed I haven't pushed away from the buffet table too uh, often? No, I haven't noticed that. Luckily, we don't eat together too often. (laughs) All right. Well, we can win a pizza, right? That's true. All right. It's on our next hour. Stick around. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, How to Be All Over Strong and Beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.